Podcast Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hi. How's it going? Oh, good. good. Except for this computer is just deciding to take 90 minutes to re- just boot up. So that's fine. Uh, mine's in the same boat. I don't Maybe there's a network issue or maybe all of the internet is broken. <laughs> We're not sure. That would be great. Um, (laughs) There is a lot to talk about on this episode of After 9, and we're going to kind of bounce back and forth between some fun stuff and some serious stuff like we always do. I want to start off with, I think, the story that everybody is having a conversation about. And I want to make it perfectly clear. You cannot invite a Nazi into the House of Commons and not resign your position afterwards. The speaker still hasn't resigned, Kat. Oh, really? I don't know why. I mean, he gave a, a very heartfelt apology yesterday. He's like, ah, guys, I feel like shit. I invited this fucking Nazi into the House of Commons. <laughs> Whoopsie. And you, you all gave him a standing ovation, and ah, I feel like an asshole. And, and then all the MPs were like, well, yeah, you are an asshole for doing that. You should step down. <laughs> Won't do it. I've never seen anything like it. And I mean, it's fine. He's the Speaker of the House. There's not really a lot of rules that govern the Speaker, I don't know if there's a way to force him to quit, but I would think he should probably take the high road and quit. Bro, you invited a fucking Nazi into the House of Commons. I know. I, know. I mean, look, it, it looks bad. It looks bad because either way, you might not believe in it and, and you might feel regret, obviously, but still you didn't pay attention and that's your job. So that's where the problem lies, right? That said, do you think it's, I don't know, do you think people will kind of forget about it after a while? Is it one of these things that like if he doesn't step down, they're just like, oh, remember that one time he did that? Anyway, he's still working here. <laughs> yeah, still, I'm still doing this job. Yeah, I, I, I feel like in the the House of Commons, our our National Assembly, I feel like you can't really outlive that. There's no making mistakes there. I like, mean, I mean, they we make all mistakes make, all the time, we, and but. we all make mistakes, right? We all make mistakes. Now, I, I understand his is like a different level of of job, <laughs> and like double checking that you don't introduce a Nazi and get excited about it is probably one thing that you should consider. An honest to God yeah, Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be like if we if we if we invited a Nazi on the show, we'd probably we, get fired. <laughs> we'd probably we get wouldn't fired. even have to quit. They just fire we us. We would get probably fired. Yeah, you're right. For, for some reason, when it comes to the government, it takes a lot longer to boot someone out. You know, one thing I will say though is this guy, he's the MP from Nipissing or something like that. Ah, right on. And and good doesn't have a whole lot to do. I mean, he was never going to make it into cabinet anyway, so he decided to run for speaker, and he won. And because this guy's the speaker of the house, he gets a, a full-time driver, he gets wow. an official residence, he gets a staff, he gets all sorts of shit. All these people are trying to be prime minister or leader of the opposition. Fuck that. Speaker's the job you want. Everybody leaves you alone. Unless Unless, you bring a Nazi into the House of Commons, you you asshole. You just had to lay a little lower, my friend. (laughs) Uh. You had the perfect gravy train going until you invited a damn Nazi into the House of Commons. It's ridiculous that we're even talking about this two days later. Like, why hasn't this guy stepped down? Even Trudeau said it was an embarrassment to the nation that you did that. But I guess there's no way to compel a speaker to resign. Unless he has, in in while you're listening to this, because I think... If he hasn't yet, he's got to do it today. So depending on what time you're listening to this, he may or may not have stepped down. But I'll tell you, Kat, if we do this podcast tomorrow and that fucking guy is still the speaker, I'm going to be amazed. Like, you've got balls the size of the ones that were rolling behind Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. If you will not resign after a scandal like this, it's wild. Uh, Today, talks get underway between the auto unions and General Motors. Ah. 
So Ford workers on the weekend voted to accept their deal. But it was close. 54% voted in favor of ratifying the deal. 46% said no. It was a, uh, let's see here. It's a three-year deal. And while I don't know the specifics of what the Canadian auto workers want, I'm looking at what the Americans are asking for because American auto workers are on strike right now. They want a 40% pay increase. Wow. And a 32-hour work week for 40-hour week pay. If they get that or anywhere close to that, we're all renegotiating. All of us. What? I didn't even. That's that seems a little outrageous, but I don't know enough about the industry. Maybe it's maybe pieces are missing there for me. But what? What? I know. (laughs) What? So I don't know what Ford got, but only 54 percent voted in favor of ratifying that deal. Now they go after General Motors and then eventually they go after Stellantis until they've got deals with all of the different automakers. Hmm. You know, the unions are coming up big lately in their collective bargaining. And I, I have to think that they're probably getting some pretty good deals here yeah a 40 percent pay increase and a 32 hour work week for 40 hours pay hey hey if you get a deal like that or you get one of these new fedex jobs fedex drivers are making six figures in the states now like well into the six figures this is pretty good it's like roles are reversing these were never the highest paying jobs always good middle income jobs but never like high paying mm-hmm. It's starting to pay off. Well, the world's changing a lot too, right? And what you do on a day-to-day basis is certainly changing. So we've put, we've come very far from the milkman showing up on the front porch to a friendly neighborhood. <laughs> so it can be a dangerous job now, real dangerous. Before we talk about the new option for potential new Canadian citizens, how about a change at Tinder Cat? Tinder Select is going to cost you, and I swear this is not an exaggeration. a month or $6,000 a year. For that price, maybe you'd expect like a personalized experience, like humans actually matching you up. Mm -hmm. Nope. No? Nope. It's still just regular Tinder algorithms, but you do get access to Tinder's, what what they call most sought after profiles. So you can enjoy, and I quote, exceptional connections. Are they just like rich and good looking people? That's pretty much it. It's well, rich and good-looking people. What are the most sought-after profiles? This, like, is does Drake have a profile this, on there that people are going to try and get access to when they're a member of Tinder Select? Or? This is what I'm saying, and they're probably they're probably going to go out of their way, like the Raya, Raya, whatever. That it, that's a celebrity one. You ha- that's like an invite only, essentially. Not necessarily celebrity and uh, influencers. Um, people, even in people in radio, Scott, even people who have a name and fame of any kind are invited into this world. So I think this is just Tinder's way of having. Uh, dipping their toe into that pond and seeing how it goes. But Tinder's always been known as like a more of a hookup app, right? People, sure, have fallen in love and gotten married by meeting on Tinder. Absolutely. I know a couple who have, and they're very happy. Everything's great. But it's not known as that right now. So I'm not sure if they're trying to just get some easy money from people who are so desperate or if they are trying to elevate themselves in that way and kind of change their perception. If they are, though, I think it's the bad way of doing it. I think you got to just come up with a new app under the Tinder umbrella. Be Tinder as a company. Have a new app that maybe is this new tier of excellent person. I'm still trying to figure out what you get for it. Like, I don't know what their most sought after profiles are or what exceptional Rich and good looking people. I'm telling you, that's got to be it. Like, what else would you want? What else are people trying to swipe on? How would Tinder know if somebody's rich, though? 
Well, they have a select profile and pay $500 a month for it <laughs> is a start. You'll also be able to DM somebody even if you don't match. That doesn't sound good. Is DM that a good idea? No, that seems a little stalkerish. So you're telling me if I was on Tinder, regular Tinder, I've never been on a dating app, but whatever. So so there's, I assume it's just kind of like any profile. You've got a message system. So you're telling me even if I don't swipe on this Tinder select person, they can get into my inbox, if you will, and message me? They can still message you even they, though you didn't match with them. They can still them. shoot their shot. It seems a little, um, hmm. Desperate? Desperate. Yeah. A little unwanted, a little rapey in a weird way. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like when, when someone's getting all up in your in your inbox and you're like, no thanks, I'm not interested. But they're like, well, well I can message you anyway because I pay for it. Like it's kind of gross. There is an asterisk on that. You can only do it two times a week and only if the other person accepts DMs. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thankfully, there's some security for the other people. You the all- other riffraff that don't have fucking $500 a month to pay for that shit. And, and your $500 is also buying you peace of mind because it will hide the ads. Well, I-, I should fucking hope so. <laughs> for $500 a month, there better be no ads at all. Could you imagine there was still ads at $500 a month? I Again, I don't know about the system for a Tinder. Guys, help us out, though. I mean, I'm not on the dating apps, obviously, but... Is this something? Is this something that people would do? Like again, I, I do agree with you. It's either a mix of desperation or just wanting to be showy, right? And be like, oh, if guy can afford it, I, I don't know. I mean, and the sole purpose—if it is meeting someone—you should only be on there for like a couple months, let's say, maybe before you do find someone. And then maybe it's worth it for some people. I don't know. You also get a select badge that goes on your profile so that people know this is a Tinder select user. Mm. Is that impressive or is that stupid? Mm. Like I look at verified on X now and I think that, why the fuck are you paying for this? Yeah. I, I actually think this is someone who's probably not very good with money. Why, why are you paying monthly for this when everybody else gets it for free? And like you said, and you mentioned off the top, there are actually places that are, they're matchmakers. There are people out there whose job in probably every region has probably one, if not more, especially in Toronto, right? There's going to be heavy with the matchmakers. There's people whose job are to match people in person, to look over profiles, get to know John Doe and and this person over here and be like, wow, you're probably perfect for John Doe. You guys have a lot of the same interests. This is what they do. If I'm pay, paying 500 bucks a month, that's the kind of service you want. You want a random fucking verification badge and hope for the best and DM anyone. It's kind of weird. Hitch is real. Cat's right. I mean, there are people out there whose job it yeah. is is to professionally match people. If they match somebody, they've done a good job. What if they can't find the right match? Or is this person's just shitty in relationships? Do they have to give a portion of the money back? Or how does it work when you hire one of these, like, hired guns to find me a husband or a wife? Oh, I hope they, I mean, it shouldn't matter if you end up with someone or not. Because that's a that's a you problem at the end of the day. The matchmaker's probably doing their job. And if they're, I mean, do your research. Make sure it's a good matchmaker or someone who knows what they're doing. And if you're not getting anybody off of that ma- off of those matches, you got to ask yourself if it's you at that point, I think. <laughs> I think, right? But all those people are taking it seriously. I feel like for that money, you could probably find an actual matchmaker and probably have a better shot. Or go to the grocery store, they say, and meet someone there. I don't know what that's about. but I still think it has to do with how you approach people. Sure. I still think it is because you know what? I have no problem meeting people. I can go to the grocery store. I can spark up a conversation. Find me the hottest woman in Longos, and I can start a conversation just because it's it comes naturally to me. I don't mind talking it's to people. It's not everybody, though, right? Yeah. If yeah. you don't go up and approach people, you can't expect those live in-person settings to actually work. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, clubs, 
used to be a good hookup spot because everybody was drinking and most people had enough confidence to go up to somebody. Right. Doesn't work as well this these days because, well, anxiety is at fever pitch, if you haven't noticed. We've got a lot of nervous people out there and people who just have never really learned how to go up and approach a stranger yeah, and have a conversation. Because that's the, the, that's what they're, the life they're living. They're living lives on their screen, right? The younger generation is. They always have. So it's kind of a, it's a different animal than it used to be. We are in just a second to talk about a change that's coming to Spotify. If you listen to After 9 on Spotify, a new option may be available for you soon, and it probably affects us. We'll take that up in a minute. Cat Canada's new immigration minister, his name is Mark Miller, says the option for new Canadians to take their oath of citizenship with the click of a mouse is a good one and worth considering. Let me say that again. Canada's new immigration minister thinks it's a good idea and worth considering scrapping in-person or virtual oath of citizenship ceremonies so that you could just take it at home in your underwear and just click a box to say that you agree. What problem does this solve? Ah, well, back uh, in back in February, the government asked for public feedback, and it wasn't good, by the way. I, I saw some of it. It's not good feedback at all. The idea was to allow new Canadians to skip a virtual or in-person ceremony for the option of taking the oath with the click of a button. The former immigration minister, now the housing minister, Sean Frazier, pitched this idea as a temporary option to help work through the backlogs of people wanting their Canadian citizenship and waiting for it as well. So, I mean, if we're doing this to try and clear a backlog, okay, if we're doing this for any other reason, okay, but what I want to point out to everybody who's in charge of making these decisions is, if they allow this, I feel like, as a Canadian citizen, they're really devaluing Canadian citizenship. You know, it's not a lot to ask that if you want to be a part of one of the best countries on earth, if you want that access to our free health care, if you want all the rights and privileges that come with being a Canadian, the least you can do mm -hmm. is show up at City Hall, raise mm -hmm. your arm and say, I do, or I swear, or I affirm. Asking you to click a box, you can't even transfer a car ownership from your name to your kid's name without going to meet with a commissioner of oaths in person and paying 25 bucks to swear. You can't even do that. Why would we allow you to have permanent for life Canadian citizenship from the comfort of your living room? It's not supposed to be easy to get it. It's supposed to take a while and it's got to be something that you want. If we make it easy, everybody, oh, maybe that is the goal. Maybe they just want as many people to be Canadian citizens uh, as possible with know. as little effort as possible. I think there's there's so much meaning to it. It's supposed to be meaningful. There, it's supposed to be a moment. I think even for those people who've arrived here, and maybe they've come from a war-torn country, war country, or maybe they've just come here because they want to, whatever the case is. I would think that that moment is a pretty big deal for so those people as well. To be there in person is an event, right? You're making a, an event of it. You're marking a date on a calendar. You're showing up in person. All of that would be gone if you're just sitting there clicking away or on your phone pushing so that you're, okay, yep, check, check, fine. It takes away so much out of it, I would think. Uh, if I were to try to apply to a citizenship of any other country, I know that I'd want to be there in person. You'd want to mark that occasion. Like, There's lots of people who take photos of that day at those city halls or those courthouses, wherever it is that's taking place. And they want people to remember and their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandchildren one day to be like, look, this is me getting my citizenship to this country. It's a moment. It's an event. 
I really don't like the fact that people can just click, click, click away. Aside from the fact that, like you said, it makes it easier for people who, eh, whatever. But for a lot of people, it has a lot of meaning and it should have meaning. If it doesn't have meaning to you, then why are you even doing it? I totally agree. Right? I, I think that this, like I said, I think the best way to describe it is it completely devalues Canadian citizenship. The goal is not to make it easy. The goal is not to expedite it. It takes as long as it takes. And it's as hard as it is, and it has to be. And there's supposed to be a quiz that you have to be able to pass to be able to become a Canadian citizen. You have to do certain things to become a Canadian citizen. I think one of them is swearing an oath. And you can only swear an oath in person, simply checking a box the same way you click off. Yeah, sure, I read the terms and conditions to use this app. No, come on, guys. Don't do that. They say they have no plans to implement it immediately. But again, the new immigration minister says it's a good idea and worth considering. So I have a feeling it's not far away. Have you thought at all about this coming weekend? We have Saturday's Truth and Reconciliation Day, which is a holiday in Canada, but it's on a Saturday. And Mm. I'm watching businesses try and figure out what they're going to do. If they're going to close on Saturday, if they're going to close on Friday, or if they're going to close on Monday. If they even do. If they even do. Some don't. Maybe some will just give their staff a loo day or something like that. Or the ones who are entitled to a holiday, because not everybody is. Yeah, that's the thing. Truth and Reconciliation Days is one of those days in the calendar that can be confusing for people because they don't know what's happening. Kids have always been in school for it, right? If it's a weekday. Kids are always in school for it. But maybe your work has decided, no, you don't have to go in. Um, so it is one of those days. Um, I know that I could tell you, I don't know, the school system my daughter goes, my daughters go to, uh, are going to be, um, doing something on the Friday for it. Yeah. Uh, that's their orange shirt day is going to be on Friday. I think that's important that yeah. people recognize the day. I mean, yeah. we created it for and a learn. reason. I mean, it's a day to learn. That's really what it's a day to learn and listen, right? Isn't that what it's supposed to be about? So, uh, that's what they're doing, and that makes sense to me. That sounds good. Okay. Uh, there is a reminder from Indigenous business leaders, though. We have this on our radio show today. If you're going out to buy an orange shirt, not all orange shirts are created equal. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to uh, be a part of it on Truth and Reconciliation Day by wearing, uh, what is it, all all children? No. What, what are the shirts, the orange ones? What do oh, they say? Um, I, just bought, I just bought one. I, bought I should one know this information. Too, I, know, and I, should I know. just bought some for my kids. Every child every, matters. Every child matters, there yeah. There you go. Uh, buy it from an Indigenous-led business or a business that supports Indigenous causes like the Downey Wenjack Fund or like the Orange Shirt Society. Important, but I hope that I hope that they have more this year. Yeah. What I will say is it was a nightmare trying to find any of them. I had to go with like a random orange shirt last year because they were gone in, in like two seconds. Every store I went to, I went from someone said the Walmart has the legit ones, the ones that I want to give my money to, like you mentioned, right? I went there. No, I went to this other place. No, I went to this other place. I went to six or seven places. Now, it's a good thing that they were selling out, but I do hope that there's more this year because that just means more money for the, the places that you want them to go. So if you're hearing this now and you're like, oh, I probably should get on that, get on it just in case they're not there. I got mine last week because I was like, I'm going to get these now before it's too late. Spotify has announced a big change. They're going to really lean into AI technology when it comes to podcasts on their platform. Very soon on Spotify, the ones that have opted in and some of the biggest ones on Spotify will opt They're into huge. this. These are like, and these are the ones, by the way, that are exclusively on Spotify. These are the ones who get paid the multi-millions. So what they're going to do is, using AI, you'll still hear the podcast like you normally do, like you're listening to Cat and I right now. But if you decide you'd like to listen to Cat and I in uh, Mandarin, we will speak Mandarin through AI. If you'd like to listen to us in 
German, Polish, Spanish, French. It would still be us talking, but AI would have us doing the translation for you into that language. And I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around that. Yeah. That I am uh, not fluent in in French or Spanish. I know some, but I'm not fluent, but I'll certainly sound fluent. Can I change my uh, to bilingual on my LinkedIn because of that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. How does this work? Like yeah. you've done a lot with obviously voiceover stuff. How does yeah. how do they do that? Okay, I actually know a, a shit ton about this to be honest with you because in the voiceover community this has been uh, a subject of concern in some cases. It's actually an, uh, been an ethical thing as well, but it's not all negatives. But how I will say is, I think if most people know, I do the text-to-speech voice on TikTok. So in joining that world, I really have learned a lot about how uh, AI is working in the voiceover community. And now, as you can tell, leaking into film, television, and podcasting is one of those. This is a form of, um, I believe it's considered in the speech-to-speech category and umbrella. And that's where the ethical issue comes in. Because if it's your own podcast... Uh, is it fair? I don't know. You'd have people otherwise dubbing what you do. P- podcasting is a different world. So I think that we take podcasting out of the equation. By that, I mean, when you're watching Squid Game, someone was what? Dubbing that, right? In mm-hmm. English for you to listen to. Right. Those are all voice actors. They are going to be able to bring this to Netflix, for example. If those actors opt in, those actors will get paid, and rightfully so, to use their voice to give you that exact line in English. So you're actually going to be able to hear their tone of voice. Have you ever had that before, by the way? You're watching a show and suddenly you get to, you see an interview with that actor and they don't speak English and they're speaking a different language. And you're like, holy shit, their voice is so different than the dubbing actor. This is their way of being able to do the, one of the ways that they're going to be able to do that to kind of have a stronger connection. When it comes to podcasting, they need to collect a certain amount of data. So again, these are people who are opting in. Now, there are a lot of pros and a lot of pluses to these people being a part of this. Spotify, for example, is a great one. Joe Rogan, Dak Shepard, those are two big names in podcasting. They've agreed to do it. And when they do that, it also means their numbers go up. Mr. Beast is a good example of somebody who dove in and and took that on. He's a YouTuber, for those who don't know. Mr. Beast is a YouTuber. And suddenly, he went from just having a one-language YouTube show to, because of AI, being able to broadcast to Spanish-speaking people, to uh, Mandarin, those who, who understand Mandarin, those who understand Croatian, like you name it, and they were able to do it, which only bumps the views, which equals revenue. So in some cases, it's really good, and it'll put money in your pocket, but we have to make sure it's done ethically, because some people don't like the fact that, for example, uh, you could do a commercial on the podcast for whatever and it's your voice doing it in Spanish, why not hire someone who speaks Spanish to do that? But it's not the same. Again, I don't think we can equate this to, to podcasting because it would be our voices, for example, if we did it Scott and Cat wise. But basically, they just collect a certain amount of data and there'd be ton in the system because of that. You sign off on it. It increases your views and ad revenue and all those other things. So Spotify loves it. Um, but it is an interesting technology. And just so you guys know, the ethical nature behind it is being argued. And I don't think it's going to be solved overnight. Same thing with the actor strike. And when it comes to AI and their use of their body, their individual work in AI. Got it. So there is conceivably a situation in the future where if English is not your first language, maybe you are uh, Russian and you'd prefer to listen to us in Russian. 
you could listen to After 9 just the way you are right now, but it would be in Russian. Even though we're not mm-hmm. actually talking Russian, AI would be translating, but using our voices. Correct. Interesting. They're doing it for um, commercial work and e-learning projects and things like that, too. I was just speaking with someone who works at a, co- a company called Eleven Labs that wants me to do this for them because they want me to do some stuff in Spanish, but with my voice. And I can't speak Spanish. I just have an issue with the ethical side of it because why wouldn't you hire, hire someone who's Spanish speaking? But there are certain voices that people want. So it's it's a very interesting new world that we're in when it comes to AI. And it will come to you if it hasn't yet, because it will take over all kinds of things. Like I said, it's slowly leaking into all kinds of industries, right? It starts somewhere and then it kind of leaks out. And now it's into the podcasting world. And eventually it might leak its way into your own world. Uh, story from where we do one of our morning radio shows in Hamilton. We're on Energy 95.3. And by the way, Energy 95.3 is a Hamilton radio station, and we've re-put the spotlight on Hamilton recently with that. So let's give you a, a little Hamilton news. Municipal cemeteries in Hamilton are now offering natural burial sections at one of the cemeteries so that you can bury your loved ones without damaging the environment. The section at Mount Hamilton Cer- Cemetery will allow for burial to be done without chemicals, i.e. no embalming, and using a casket made of biodegradable materials. Once it's full of dead bodies, they're going to plant flowers and trees so that you can just walk in and amongst the nature. (laughs) When you say once it's filled with bodies, are we just like piling them on top of each other? So they say that every body will have its own individual plot, but nobody is going to have a a tombstone or a grave marker. There's going to be a central area, like indoors, Uh, where everybody's plaque is. So you can see who's there on the property, but you'll be like walking above the dead people with the flowers and trees all planted on top of them. Okay, so they have these already, right? Or similar. Like they have places that you can go where there's just stone, pretty like stones basically that just say, you know, like, Emma Smith this year to that year. This the, And it's all over. And there's walls of it. And I don't want to say it's, I, I don't think it's even in Canada. Uh, but I've, see, I've seen similar, it seems. I guess you, as long as you're okay with it, right? As long as you're okay with it. We can't dig up dead bodies, right? It's the thing. That's the bottom line. You can't just go on and dig them up if you, if you need room. So this is one way that they're able to have dead people be there without messing with other dead people. Right? Okay, but know what I mean? Here's my question. If we can do that, why are we still using cemeteries? My question mm-hmm. is, why do I have to pay, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20 grand to buy a plot of land to bury grandma in when I could just dig a hole in the backyard and yeah. she's going to be gone in a few years? They sell these special suits now. I think they call them mushroom suits where it's an alternative to a casket. You take the dead body you put them in this suit and you bury the suit and the entire thing decomposes into beautiful soil. So you've truly been returned to the earth. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Oh, okay. I've never heard of that. That's neat. That's fine. But why do we have to go to a cemetery and pay them all this fucking money if we're just going to do the same thing? If it's going to biodegrade yeah. in a couple of years, yeah. why do I have to pay them 10 grand for a hole? Like I can dig my own hole. Not that I necessarily I want dead grandma in the backyard, but if I can save 10 grand, I'm going to consider it. <laughs> it's got to be illegal. Yeah, I mean, where are we at with that? It's illegal to bury dead bodies. We know this, right? We know that. But if it's confirmed dead they're- and everybody knows they're dead and why they died, I don't know why this would be a problem. The only problem would be, you know, there's stupid fucking people, though, that are like half bury a body. Next thing you know, there's like arms sticking 
picking up from the ground. People oh, don't know how shit. people don't know what they're doing. They're You're fucking right. stupid. You know, like common sense people would do it right. But there's a lot of people out there that just wouldn't. Next thing you know, you're out for a walk with Charlie. He's coming back with a fucking hand in his mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't believe that we should just put it in the hands of anybody. That's not where I'm at with that. Um, but here's here's where I'm at with the whole thing. Okay. It's going to be we're morbid talking here. Just deal with it. The cemetery thing grosses me out, right? Mm -hmm. I've got loved ones buried in there for sure. It's nice to have a spot to go for those who need those moments, right? With them. But I mean, I know that we're not supposed to be digging them up, but I think rethinking the whole thing, which I'm pretty sure is what you were getting at here, isn't a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. And and maybe it'll take the loved ones of everybody to agree on it, which will never happen, I understand. Or maybe it'll just take someone to stand up and be like, what the fuck are we doing here with this land that we could use for other things? Yeah. Sorry to be that person. <laughs> I understand there's spirituality behind it. There's religion behind it. People will, will hate that uh, the pe- others like myself have this thought. But sometimes when I look at all that vast land that the cemeteries are all on, and I'm thinking, what the fuck are we doing with this? Well, why, why are we doing this for? Right. The land is crazy. They're charging an outrageous amount for it, and it's getting more and more expensive. And maintenance fees on top of that. Don't some families get charged maintenance fees on like a yearly, semi-yearly, bi-yearly basis or something like that as well? Yeah, so they cut the grass. But you wouldn't be cutting the grass anyway? Get the fuck out and, of here. So, uh, who fucking cares? I mean, well, <laughs> make a pathway, you know? I don't know. Thank you. When people die, and you're absolutely right, some people have some religious traditions and things, and we get all that. Sure, sure, sure. But think of how many people have paid all that money to get their loved one cremated, and it costs a lot of money to get somebody cremated. It's not cheap. Yeah. And then they take the ashes and just throw them in a park somewhere anyway, or they throw them in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't we just, if they're going to decompose anyway, and you've made sure that you're going the natural route, no embalming fluid or anything like that, you put them in this special casket that biodegrades within a year or two, why do I have to pay some company for that? Why can't I just get rid of it the same way I'd get rid of the ashes? Why can't I go to the park and just dig a hole or something like that? Maybe we should be allowed to do that. And and if you want that permanent reminder with a big thick oak casket buried six feet underground and a tombstone sure you can still go pay five ten twenty thirty grand for that but for the rest of us i think it would be all right if we could just sort of give us some basic parameters maybe that's what we use the green belt for everybody gets a little bit of land to go and and it's good it's compostable it's great for the soil pick your pile which pile do you want to die in you tell it (laughs) pick your pile I, why the fuck are we doing it still like that too? I don't know. What's with the caskets? It's tradition. What are we doing it? What are we, people are afraid of change. Tradition, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, guys, and start to really think about it. Tradition is peer pressure from dead people. Right on the mark with what we're talking about here. Why are we continuing with this? I just saw Hertz the other day and I thought, big fucking, are people still doing big fucking caskets? I know they are. I know this is a rhetorical question, but why the fuck are we doing this? Like, can't we revisit this? What, does nobody want to talk about it and think about it? Is, is that why no one wants to touch it? Because it's a very sensitive subject. Death is sensitive. I get it. But we got to rethink it. I think we're at the point now on this earth where we got to rethink what the fuck we're doing. A lot In a lot of cases. In a lot of cases. A lot of things that we do, we should be thinking about. Yeah, I mean, there's some people who feel that if they don't spend every penny possible and take advantage of every option and upgrade presented to them, that they're not honoring the memory of such and such. Oh, How could I just put Aunt Trudy in a pine box when she was so nice to me? I've got to get her the nice, big, lavish Mm -hmm. casket. 
no, you don't. She's dead and she doesn't care. Like, you don't need to do that. If you want to do that because it makes you feel better, that's fine. It. That's it. You nailed it, though. That's what people do to make themselves feel better. But the money, yeah. it's a lot of money. And I don't think a lot of people have a lot of it right now. So do what you want. But you're literally wasting money on dead people. S- s- side note, I love what my late Nana, Marion Calligan, may she rest in peace, wonderful woman did. She made my, <laughs> she made my dad go with her one day. And they're just doing errands and stuff because she didn't drive. Ended up taking him to a funeral home, sat down with him, planned her whole funeral, paid for it. So this is what I fucking want. The simple, this, that, don't do any fucking other thing for me. Done. Huh. Good. I mean, we all aren't in that position to do that. But it is a, again, it's a morbid thing nobody wants to talk about. But hey, it made it easier on the entire family when she did pass. Yeah, absolutely. When it's all planned out like that, easy peasy. Here's the playbook. You know, Let's run the play. Pick a pile for me, Scott, when I'm... <laughs> It's fucking pick a pile. I don't give a shit. I'm going to put you in like fucking the greatest or nice. most horrible place. <laughs> like, I, it's going to go one way or the other. Yeah. Can't decide yet. Like, I'm going to put you in a beautiful hillside with a sunset <laughs> or something, but like right next to a public pool. <laughs> <laughs> you prick. <laughs> um, okay, quickly. BuzzFeed did the hard work of combi- compiling a collection of social media posts that they feel are amongst the most embarrassing admissions in internet history. Oh, I love embarrassing stories. Bring it on. I'm going to start off with an easy one. His name is Mo, but I believe his name, Mo is short for Maurice. Most embarrassing email exchange I just had. I sent an email. They replied and called me Motice. I replied with a stink about how my name is properly spelled and that it's actually really important to me that people get my name right. They told me to check my first email. I'd misspelled my own name. Oh, that's when you just, you just ate it. You just <laughs> ate it. Please tell me your most embarrassing sex stories so I feel better. I just thought about the time when a guy went down on me. We made eye contact and for some reason I waved. <laughs> What do you do at that point? Try to hide it? Like put your head behind it? Oh, I'm just trying to stretch out while you do that. Nothing to see here. Fingers just went numb. Just waving them off. Did, did he wave back? <laughs> it's so awkward. I just waved. It kind of makes me want to do that. Just to see what happens. Uh, this person says. Hello. 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 This person says, man, I am not cut out for L.A. This girl at a party said, I'm a sub. And I said, oh, that's cool. Did you always want to work with kids? She looked at me horrified. I thought she meant she was a teacher, like a substitute teacher. That's not what she meant. Oh. Different kind of sub. Oh. I was in a park and a lady loudly called out, anyone who wants an ice cream, come over here. I headed over with several others. Mm -hmm. She handed out ice creams to them and asked me, who are you? I realized the rest were all her family and it was a picnic. I remember hearing this story. 30 years later, I still cringe. That's a good one. That's from 2019. Yeah. I hope the woman who forgot the word iced and so asked me for a caramel macchiato on the rocks yesterday is still doing well. Oh, that's great. Next one. My wife just said bukkake in front of the kids to my shock. (laughs) She then admitted 
when I questioned her, she didn't know what it meant. She thought it meant like bullshit or something fake. She'd said it in meetings before. I made her Google it and now she's having a panic attack. Oh no. <laughs> I remember doing something similar like that when I was younger. I always thought, because I had heard people saying the birds and the bees, mm-hmm. which I think we all know is like sex talk. I didn't know that's what it meant. I thought people just said it to be like, talk it on and on, like blabbing on, right? And I remember saying it out loud before in like a setting that I shouldn't have. And I was like, you know, they're over there talking about the birds and the bees. <laughs> and I remember someone turning to me like, what? They're talking about sex? And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, they're just blabbing away. Like, no, that's what that means. And I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't mean right. to say that. This person says, when I was 17, I was about two weeks into my first job. I was a food runner at a restaurant. One day on a Sunday during the church crowd rush, I brought out food to a group of four. When everything was dropped off, this oldish lady from the table asked me for extra plates. I was already behind and running food, so I rushed to get the plates. When I came back, she held her hand up, which I assumed was to give me a high five for my effort and timely delivery. I gave that old lady a crispy high five, one of the loudest and most perfect singing ones. Suddenly, I see everybody at the table open their eyes and raise their heads up and stare at me. She was holding her hand up to pray. Oh, no. (laughs) I apologized about a half a dozen times. She laughed it off and said it was okay, but the embarrassment was overwhelming. I wanted to quit right there on the spot. Uh This person says... I just had such an embarrassing memory of me being in middle school with a side braid and getting a Starbucks Frappuccino and telling the barista my name was Katniss. Then this poor 20-something had to call out the name Katniss when that clearly is not my name. Is that really that embarrassing? I don't know how that one made this list. Yeah, that's not that bad. Do you know how many people give a fake name at Starbucks, by the way? It happens all the fucking time. All the time. All the time. At my friend's wedding... Someone said his sister was pregnant. Being a bit pissed, I rubbed her belly and congratulated her. I forgot he had another sister. Oh, I don't rub people's bellies no matter what. Can we stop? After deciding not to kill myself, I approached his other (laughs) sister and repeated the above. I forgot he had a third sister, so he's 0 for 2. Oh, shut up. At that point, just stop. Just don't say anything. Just don't. Just stop. I went into the bathroom at work and whispered, hello, old friend, to my favorite toilet at work. I haven't used it in a while. Then someone in the stall next door cleared their throat. You're taking a shit. Somebody comes in and whispers to the toilet. Hello, old friend. That's when you get out. Get out. Like wipe and go. Took my dog to the vet. Vet tech asked me to walk over and use the scale. I get on the scale. She says, I meant use the scale for your dog. <laughs> Why the fuck are you getting on the scale for the vet's office? <laughs> Why would the vet need to know how much you weigh? <laughs> Why would that be a what thing? A, what a stupid thing to do. <laughs> uh, good list. It's on BuzzFeed. I bet if you, you yours are it. better, everyone. Uh, uh, if, if you've you, got a good one, you, you can send it. slide that shit right our way, we would love it. Do the anonymous disclaimer yeah. that you're really good at. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so listen, if you don't want us to say your name, just say that From the beginning, very important. Don't give us this long thing. This is what happens to us on the radio sometimes. We're doing a live radio show and someone's like, my mother-in-law's real bitch, blah, blah, blah. And at the very end, they're like, please keep me anonymous. Like, well, Jane, I already said your name at the top because you just started mumbling and didn't say anything until the end. So 
Just always tell us right from the start, keep me anonymous. Or call me Jack or whatever you want. We'll make it up. You want like the most embarrassing moment. I want some, I want to hear some embarrassing shit because it makes other people feel better, right? Sure it does. Don't you feel better reading all those? I feel great just reading those. <laughs> I feel smart. <laughs> <laughs> One more. In my teens, I once brought uh, or bought a muffin from an unnamed Canadian coffee establishment. I turned it or I returned it quite angry because of the glass shards all over my muffin. I'd never seen sugar crystals on a muffin oh, before, and I still cringe. Why not? My, there's glass on my muffin. <laughs> Sir, that's sugar. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow with another episode of After 9. Bye-bye.